Well, I wrote this song for the Christian youth. I want to teach kids the Christian truth. If you want to reach those kids on the street, then you got to do a rap to a hip-hop beat. So I gave my sermon an urban kick. My rhymes are fly, my beats are sick. My crew is big and it keeps getting bigger. That's because Jesus Christ is my nigga. He's a life changer, miracle arranger, born to the virgin mom in a manger, water to wine, he's a drink exchanger, and he died for your sins. I preach the word, that's my gig, and I rhyme better than Notorious Big. All the other MCs, I wish them well, but if you live in sin, you burn in hell. I'ma pass the mic to my lovely wife She's a fly MC and the light of my life So the bust a rhyme without further ado Take it away, Mary Sue Jesus Christ is my nigga Alright, welcome, welcome, welcome To our tens of listeners We are back It is TGAD, Theatrical Conjecture and Dissertation A fancy name for an unfancy show It is I, Don DeLenja Chambers Coming to you from Hot Southern California. It's like 90 degrees. What? I know. And my co-hostess with the mostess, Ms. Sheree Stewart, coming to you from somewhere in the middle Frigid. of Mardi Gras. Frigid, Louisiana. Frigid. Ugh. Who's just probably getting over a hangover from being out there and collecting all those beads and what other debauchery you've been doing the past week. <laughs> What costume deba- making, costume making. Oh, that that debauchery is, is mm-hmm. costume making. The hot glue game is strong, Donald. It it, it better be. <laughs> you got to make sure people's sew-ins do not come out. I comes correct with my costumes. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty positive that you must have been able to find a couple good lace fronts somewhere in Mardi Gras. You know, some 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 weave that's just been ignored. And oh, left for my, uh, my my Tumblr. Yes, I. You know what? I only found like one or two. I need to go out and really look because I'm sure I'll find some in the gutters. <laughs> you know, remnants. You'll be finding remnants of weaves for weeks. We in, get that one good rain in the gutters. Comes up to the surface. If only that weave could talk <laughs> to let you know how it ended up there. Right. It's probably a sad, sad story. Yeah, so sad. But uh, sorry, hey, uh, we're back, and um, just to let everybody know, you know, sometimes when I'm out there on the street, and one of our tens of listeners comes up to me and is like, hey, haven't heard you guys in a little while, and I'm like, I know, but see, since we do this out of the, the goodness and generosity of our hearts, and there is no monetary compensation as of yet, you know, we, we have to make sure we can keep the lights on, keep our bills paid, so we got to work. And unfortunately, that, that drags us away from the kind of schedule we would love to have, be it daily or at least weekly. So I'm just, just, just to let our tens of listeners know, we, we've, we've never forgotten about you. We'll ne- we've never ignored you. We're just busy keeping shit paid. So that's why sometimes it spaces out longer or shorter for certain episodes. So, you know, it's okay. I, I I console them, I pat them on the back, I send them on their way. But you know, it's it's quite shocking how many of our listeners just keep approaching me asking about that. You know, but it's okay, people. It's all right. We're still here for you. You have not been forgotten. It'll happen for you. Uh, I'm sure pretty soon too, Miss Stewart. They'll just start randomly coming up to you. Yep, they'll they'll just look at me and be like, "I know that voice." They'll see it in my face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then and then it's over. And then you just have to deal with the the notoriety and the fame. It's a tough cross to bear. I understand. I do understand. But all right, we've got more than enough to get to, and uh. We can obviously start with the biggest 
white elephant in the room, that being the Oscars, the whole uh, Oscar so white hashtag, which I thought was kind of funny, made me chuckle when I first when I first heard that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you even going to watch? Well, here's the thing. I I'm not boycotting the Oscars per se. I just never really am that into the Oscars. Same here. I've I've never been into award shows in particular because it's right. It's just the like, Golden Globes yeah. is usually funnier because they're all super wasted. The Oscars seems very dry and self-important, and it's always just kind of been a chore. Yes. To watch rather than a pleasure to watch. I I, I think I'll actually I'll watch the intro only because I am insanely fascinated as to what Chris Rock's going to do. Oh, absolutely! I'm definitely going to watch the uh, the opening monologue. Right. Stuff. I, I, I'm just insanely fascinated, and maybe I might flip in when he has those moments in between presenting where he can kind of riff off the cuff. But as for actually watching, I don't, I don't really care. It's, it's, it's. It, I mean, all these, be it movies or music awards, they're all just marketing for people to either go see this movie some more or go buy this album. I mean, that's all they are. It's all marketing and PR. That's all it is. Um, It's all incredibly random and discriminate. I mean, who gets to pick how many nominees are on a category? Um, The very fact that something as simple as like a best picture, it's always a drama. There's never a comedy or an action movie or... a sci-fi movie it's i mean it, it it's just all subjective random nonsense so whatever but i do understand the controversy and i put it in quotes i only say controversy in that for those out here or who have worked even remote even for a brief time within the business none of this comes as any sort of shock at all because you just sort of you you know you've seen the people behind the scenes making the decisions and so you already know that oh it's probably going to be a long while before whenever they do nominations you'll see like Oh, like for best actress, you say, "Oh, there's a there's a there's a white lady, there's a one black. Oh, look, two Hispanic ladies. Oh, an Indian. Uh, you know, I mean, it'll be years before it just looks like that on a somewhat consistent basis." Well, you know, the the thing about it is, yeah, the yeah, there's completely white Oscar nominations and everything, and that's the way it is. But that's not the problem. That's just a symptom of the problem. The problem is there aren't... You can't get nominated for roles that aren't there. Right. But see, th- right. This is what I'm saying where it's 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 the behind-the-scenes stuff because it's the people that make the decisions to put those, uh, say, minority actors in positions to where they can have, you know, those roles. It's the casting directors, the writers. I mean... Everybody down the line, when there are, when there is no representation of any sort to even throw the idea of like, hey, why can't this woman in this role, why can't she, and I'm just throwing something off my head, why can't she be a Native American? Well, that's what I'm thinking. Like, you know, like The Revenant, that movie could have been, it could have been a Native American woman. That would have made more sense for the story. It didn't have to be Leonardo DiCaprio, the character. Right. I mean, this whole entire that but, whole entire story. Well, well, the story's supposed to be based off a book of a true event. That's the thing. Yeah. So what? It's a movie. Now you're much right. That do you think was true? Uh, I... Like movies take based on a true story all the time and totally make make it whatever. Absolutely, I do. Even The Martian that was based on a book. And I feel like if that had instead of Matt Damon, that could have been Angela Bassett. I would have watched the hell out of that movie. Yeah, I mean, 
a, it's a, just that the roles like that for people of color are not really there. And it's not like I'm begging, you know, you can't go around, we can't beg white studios or, you know, white producers to make these roles for us. It's just a matter of going out there and creating and facilitating quality content. Right. And then you, you want to, and then you have to, also try to get the public to support but they act like the public won't support but oh that's no not true it's, it's not true at all it's it's a bunch it's of bs because if you if you if you put out quality it doesn't even have to be super great like the fast and the furious franchise is one of the most profitable franchises out there and it's a completely united colors of benetton yeah i mean that's what i'm saying if you put out quality and it, it can be quality of varying degrees. Like to me, Fast and Furious, that quality is it's just so much fun to watch. Sure. But if you put out that quality, people will go. I mean, and you don't have to have a huge, you know, take the, the gods of Egypt uh, fiasco with it. Nonsense. That, about that. Well, we, <laughs> we we have to put these these actors in there because if we put these like a no name ethnic actor, nobody will go see it. I'm like nobody's going to go see no, it anyway. Put some no name white actors in there. There's like two uh, Nikolai Costa Waldau and who's young Russell Gerard Burrow? Butler. Gerard Butler, and then all the other ones were up and comers. Yeah, it, it's it's a false it's a false uh, uh, a narrative to put out there. It's it's a bunch of baloney because if it's if it's good, people will go and see it, plain and simple. And and the very fact of their claims of, at least for that movie, that you know if we put these no name actors, nobody will go and see it. Trust me, just from looking at it, nobody's gonna go see it now anyway, because it looks like crap. Right. It, it looks like it's like just basically you put everybody in front of a green screen and just had them and, and that doesn't work anymore. You know, take a look at what happened with the Star Wars prequels and then, you know, with the latest one, the overuse of CGI, it 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 doesn't really work to to, to where you're going to have audiences flocking. But, but besides that, you know, getting back to the issue, it's – I – would agree with you. I, I think it's it's if somehow in the and it's obviously it's the way the industry is set up to be very um, uh, a very who you know um, you know all about rewarding families and friends to kind of move up and get into certain places until you can get the representations of those who you know don't come from the same background as everybody else so that way they can add that unique like hey this role why are we immediately thinking it has to be a man you know to start off with or why are we immediately thinking it has to be uh, a white person for this why can't it just why can't it be an asian or whoever i mean until we can get to the part to where we we're just opening it up to not we don't have people who when making these decisions just automatically where being like a white male character is default. It's the default, exactly. Right. To stop making that just the default all the time. Because I remember when the Book of Eli was making the rounds, it was almost a revelation when they decided to go with Denzel Washington because it was going to be, you know, a white male character. And it was just, they were like, oh, I never even thought about that. But, Denzel. But, but see, like, it, it, was some, it was just like, I was. Light- I would say to that though, they only took Denzel because I mean it's Denzel. Sure. Like trust me, if Denzel was not available, they it would have been Brad Pitt. <laughs> yeah, they they would have gone with their first choice, you know. So, and in a sense, that doesn't help either because when the default, when they even when they stray from the default, but then it just turns to okay, who are the three? big black actors we have out there like you know be it Denzel Will Will Smith or I mean I don't even know if there's Idris uh, right now be Idris and then when it's just that short list I'm like that's not really that's not diversity that's well, just no, it's you not that. it's just when you have a role that it doesn't matter it should be opened up wide should be but it's not and just audition everybody like if it's if it doesn't matter it doesn't matter you would think 
but their only concern. Like I'm saying, like the Martian, that role really didn't matter. It could have been oh, male, yeah. could have been female, yeah. could have been any ethnicity. could have been anybody. It could have been anybody. It could have been the Michael Pena character that they had in there. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, they could have just swapped him. They could have just swapped him. It, it, you know, the fact that it was Matt Damon didn't matter. I mean, don't get me wrong. Fine movie. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Sure. But it could have been, could have been anybody in there. And I think until – and, you know, the, whoever the – president of the academy is she can do whatever outreach to membership that, that they want i mean you could do that right. all day that it's not going to do anything right if there's not vote for, there's going to, vote to for. do anything because we're talking about the actual the people that give the yay or nay the green light on projects and then actually cast them and actually put you know those faces in front of the cameras it has nothing to do with i mean your academy membership has nothing to do with it so it's to me it's all symbolic nonsense it's until this until the industry will really let people get a shot in terms of not just in front but at least again i'm saying it has to start from behind the camera you have to get the people behind the camera in those positions who are open-minded enough when green lighting projects until we can somehow get different people in there and i don't know how because just to get in there seems to be a you know our gargantuan uh effort of sacrifice and tons of networking and 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 making sh- and, and nepotism so it leaves a lot of people who aren't born into it out. And make no mistake, don't let people, you know, try to fool you with this. Oh, I, you know, worked and pulled myself up by my bootstraps. And it's a lot of big names you see, be it producers, directors, you know, actors and all. Take a look at the family tree. You'll see quite a few that had some good nepotism to kind of give them that insider leverage. and. Yep. I am not against it. I'm like, if you got it, use it, but don't don't BS everybody else about you know how if they don't work hard enough that you know you, you just toil. I'm like, uh, yeah, you have to do that, but it really kind of helps if your parents were already producers in the business right. or an actor or you you know were already well established that could sort of you know give you a hand. Let's let's not deny the power of when somebody you know uh, the power of whoever's pa- somebody's parents are. Right. It's like these people who celebrate when they win the race and they started three laps ahead. It's like exactly. You know, let's let's cool our heels there a little bit there, uh, Sparky. You know. So now I'm not saying that's everybody, but I think you'd be surprised. There's a good portion of people that already have history from from their family in the business so you know it's just the way it is so hopefully at some point we can do that i I don't know what it would take i think programs that have things like um uh, like like you know you have like that dga program Mm -hmm. uh, i I think if there was you know something more along that lines in terms of producing and writing and also for like casting directors things to where you can not internship in because I don't believe in internships like anymore. Like, like it used to be apprenticeship. More shit. apprenticeships definitely paid. A well, number absolutely one. paid, but I'm just saying it used to be you know, you got into the business by working under somebody, learning the job and then getting the, like it's just not, I don't know. Well see the it's, difference is, is like nobody wants to teach you anymore because it seems to become very, I'm going to protect my job. Right. They now, threatened. Right. Now, the thing is, there's still plenty of, I've heard stories. I mean, there are plenty of, of people that will teach those underneath and just kind of show them how it's done. But it's not, it's not as widespread, like having this sort of a apprenticeship mindset amongst those that are, that are um, higher up. In, in, in these positions, you know, because again, everybody has this, and I think it's, you know, from the nature of the business, it's not anywhere near as huge as it used to be maybe 20 years ago that 
people that are, they don't want somebody else replacing them. So they're going to protect theirs, you know, and kind of leave you down there. You know, it's great if you do good work for them, but they're not about to to make themselves become obsolete, you know, by their apprentice down here. And, you know, because let's face it, there's no, there's no pension in the business, you know. There's no guarantee that you can keep working as a, you know, a, a first AD, you know, forever. So, you know, you train your second and you get him better than you, you could, you know, you could possibly have trained yourself out of a job, you know. But it'd be nice if they can open up. But And I think with the fact that now, you know, it's easier for people to record their own content or get their own sort of content out there. And as there's more ways of like monetizing things, you know, like now podcasts have some sort of monetized uh, value to them. And as that, you know, gets bigger in its own ways, and of course, as you know, YouTube and, and all that, it, it, I think those of us have to start just not t- waiting for, you know, Hollywood to come around. Because if whatever you do, enough people like it, they will eventually come to you. Because they're going to want to, you know, ride that wave of whatever you are, you know. Think of like, you know, awkward black girl, you know. Yeah. I was just reading an article about her the other day. And uh, she, uh, actually, one of our friends responded to her. Um, she has like a, a, a call out on Twitter to reverse whitewash a movie. And you just name a famous movie or role that you would rather, like you would watch with a person of color. In, and it's like all these people responding. Mm-hmm. Like Breakfast at Tiffany's with, you know, Lupita Nyong'o or Gilmore Girls recast with uh, Tracy Ellis Ross and the daughter from Blackish. Right. Just like where, you know, these roles where it really doesn't matter. Gotcha. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Taraji Henson is Aaron Brockovich. Oh, she could pull that off. Easy, and I'll, um, but the only thing I would say were like, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I guess Aaron Brockovich. They changed that story so much; it might as well have been fiction. True, it could, yeah. Although Charlie in the Chocolate Factory with Leslie Jones <laughs> as Willy Wonka. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been. That's a hell of a stretch. I would watch that movie. I would watch because I'm like I have to see how the hell Leslie Jones pulls that off. That would be insanely interesting. But um, a labyrinth with Prince in. Uh... Oh yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I'd almost watch. I'd almost watch anything with Prince in it, not from the standpoint that I'm expecting him to be good, but I'm just thinking he's just going to be bizarre. And if anything like, you know, under the cherry moon, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, it doesn't disappoint. It, it it was just, I think I haven't seen the whole thing of that yet and I need to, but I did remember watching like the first hour and not, not even first hour. I didn't get that far, but it was close. And I was just like, what is Prince doing? And I, I, it, it was just fascinating at what he thought of, he was what kind of artistic movie he's putting together it you know crazy prince is doing prince it's seriously and you know what i can't fault him because these ladies still love him doesn't matter i have like five different pictures of prince that i use as emojis (laughs) see what i'm saying prince is like what a 50 year old man or something i don't care (laughs) thank you (laughs) he gives the best side eye and um shady facial expressions y'all don't care (laughs) jesus i don't know what that man has but i would love to have a fourth of it but um getting back uh, again briefly to the oscars um i saw a couple of the movies there uh i've seen the revenant um I, i think we touched on it before 
Right, I've seen a few because of uh, the SAG screeners. Yeah, and and I, I just thought The Revenant was just – it was basically like Man versus Wild for Leonardo DiCaprio. And right. I'm like, okay, I, I guess you're going to give him an Oscar because he's eaten raw fish and jumped in cold water. Okay, great. Fine. Leonardo's kind of moving into Sean Penn territory for me where the roles are just getting increasingly masturbatory. And I feel like he needs to pull it back and do something a bit more subtle. I mean, the next movie might be a snuff film for all we know, you know, like a real one <laughs> if he doesn't win an Oscar for this. It's like he's getting to be too much for me and I'm not feeling it. I can, um, I can totally understand that. Like he should have won an Oscar for The Departed. And I, like I'm tired of seeing him making his Leo scrunched up cry face with like snot bubbles coming out of his nose. Like I'm kind of over it. I need him to be more of a the subtle, nuanced actor that he can be mm-hmm. instead of like these over the top physical performances that are just. He's basically becoming like Al Pacino just yells all the time now for some right. reason. He's becoming a par- a caricature. Of yeah, and then I I also saw Spotlight. Yeah, that and was good. I saw that too. It was a good movie. Again, I watched it and I was like... But Rachel McAdams, she didn't really do anything. I don't understand why she's nominated for Best Actress in that. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm I'm, watching that and I'm, and I'm... I mean, here's the thing. Everybody was fine. I mean, Yeah, everybody was fine. Everybody was, was fine. Was I, I fine. thought overall the, the story itself, I, was, I said, oh, this is interesting. Yeah, for her, I'm like, she didn't necessarily stand out more than anybody else. She was good. I don't see again. What the hell do they consider? I mean, I who knows? Who cares? I really don't. Moving right. on. Yeah, moving on. Uh, what were the other ones? Um, uh, for the best the, picture, the big short. Saw the big short. Yeah, that Thoroughly. was the thing is uh, Christian Bale was like nominated and he was barely in it. Yeah. I thought that was weird. But thoroughly loved the big short. No, it was good. I mean, okay. I had some problems with the big short. Um, only because the the editing was a bit too much for me at times and it got nominated for editing, but like splicing in, you know, booty, booty everywhere, music videos. And, you know, it, I don't know. It just, it had a weird tone. Like it was, it, I guess what it was, is it was all this dry information about, you know, mortgages and bundling and, you know, security and, 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 and it was trying to spice up. All exactly. This really dry and that's, and I get that. That's what it just, the, the I tone actually, was yeah, off for me. I actually enjoy that because it took that dry information and it said, all right, we're going to try to make it as visually exciting as you can possibly make talking about mortgages. And we're just going to do something. We're going to have people break the fourth wall. We're just going to do something different to grab your attention. And I, and I was like, you know what? I, I dug that. Because it made me stop and pay attention. Like, okay, wait, what's going on here? At least for me. So I kind of, I enjoyed that. And I, I would probably, I mean, again, if I'm giving out an Oscar for Best Picture, I probably would have had a lot more different types of movies in the category. But from what's there, that would, to me, that would get more. And Bridge of Spies, Brooklyn, Mad Max, yeah. The Martian, The Revenant, Room, which was really good, and Spotlight. I'd probably give that more of a chance than Spotlight, even though they say Spotlight's probably either Spotlight or Revenant's going to win. Um, Bridge of Spies, I saw, and that was, f- you know what was shocking about Bridge of Spies? Is mm-hmm. if you had told me Steven Spielberg directed it, I wouldn't have guessed because it didn't look like a Spielberg movie. Really? It didn't. It didn't have any Spielberg beats or, or movement and none of it. It 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 wasn't bad in any way. It was sound. Tom Hanks is Tom Hanks. You can't help but like him. I mean, every, I watched it. Just it didn't have that Spielberg spiel to it. It didn't have that Spielberg spiel. And and I was looking. I was like, wow. He Spielberg just totally decided I'm going to play this very, just very simple. Uh, there's no need to do anything even even the scene of like when the plane gets shot down which maybe you're thinking they might 
make it actiony f- for whatever reason. But it it was it was played very simple, very very quiet. You know, just I was like, man, this is definitely a different. It's almost like Spielberg was like, you know what? I'm too tired to have to do any sort of crazy shit. I'm just gonna let literally the story just speak for itself. And he just does very simple things, which did not bother me one bit. I mean, I, I again, I only really stopped and noticed it because I'm like, Spielberg directed this, but I would never guess because it's just nothing to tip you off, you know? Interesting. But again, good movie. Would I say best picture? Eh. Again, it's another drama that always gets nominated. I mean, honestly, if, if I was going to give out a best picture, and again, I'm being, probably because I'm being biased, I would have absolutely put Creed in the mix. Yeah. Only because that had more of an emotional thing to it. I mean, I would have put Tessa Thompson in the mix for best actress. She was really, really good in that. Michael B. Jordan was great. How he doesn't get a nomination, go for, but uh, whatever. So, yeah, it's also really despised. I didn't see, what was it, Brooklyn or The Room? Room is really good. Is it? Um, yeah, I got that one as a screener. It was based on, you know, it was just sort of an amalgamation of all of those. J.C. Dugard, you know, Ariel Castro, like the guy who keeps a woman chained up in a room and mm. she has a kid for him. So the whole movie is the woman... And her son in this little space, and she's just sort of trying her best to give him a normal childhood. And then, you know, over the course of the movie, you find out she was kidnapped when she was like, you know, 12. And she's been in that room for however many years. And she gets this one chance using her son to escape. And then... How they sort of handle the outside world. Right. It's really good, though. But, you know, that, again didn't necessarily, I mean, even the one, you know, Ariel Castro, like it was based on a kind of an amalgamation of all of these different women. Right. And, you know, they weren't all necessarily white. Like she didn't, that character didn't have to be white. It's just the default, you know? Honestly, if they were like, be it a black woman and kid or a Hispanic. Or, Hispanic or, or, or and, you know, the just, guy is white. Or anything else, it would have been far more interesting because like, say if it was a black woman and child, I would have been sitting there like, who, what, what black woman and child is stuck in a room? I would have watched that like, what the hell? Because it, <laughs> it, it would have just added a thing of like, what black people get stuck in a room for however many years? And and as the story unfolded, it 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 something like that would would have just this extra thing of like, what the hell? Right. To me, because right. again, as we've been, I guess, just mentally sort of train from what we've seen we just don't see black people in a situation like that well true too you know and and the thing about black women specifically is we're supposed to be invincible and it's very rare to see like you know unless it's a slavery movie or a civil rights movie to just have I mean to have a normal black person a normal black woman in a situation that's extraordinary and then exactly you know like the movie um, Jennifer Lawrence is nominated for playing the woman who invented the miracle mop for crying out loud but you know you have to have a black woman has to be you know in this movie it's like a civil rights movie or a movie about slavery or you know yeah. it just yeah. yeah. when does being anything other than white fall into the category of normal right like white can be normal, black can be normal, Asian can be normal, Hispanic can be normal. It's just a movie. Just a it, hey. That's what I've been saying, girl. That is what I've been saying. Um, to get off Oscars for a second and to to go left field, um, as part of of our continuing uh, biannual. Um, column of movies that surprised me I I actually sat and watched The Intern mm-hmm. with Robert De Niro and mm-hmm. Anne Hathaway and I was shocked I was like I actually enjoyed that movie really and I enjoyed it because it was it's such a sweet 
like happy good movie that it and it you could tell it's like you know what we're not going to deal with any heavy shit we're going to make it nice we're going to have everybody is a great person even with whatever issues they're dealing with we're going to make sure the audience leaves with a happy feeling even with their conflict it's not huge conflict and I was like and I was just surprised at how much I enjoyed that I was like that was a good change you know I guess everybody in movies wants this edge or to be edgy or dark and this was definitely hundreds of miles opposite from dark and I was like wow that was actually enjoyable to watch because it felt like I didn't have to like you know, get too deep in my emotions and be like, oh, shit, what was that? You know, it was just happy all the way through. And I I was surprised, like, that was actually enjoyable. So if anybody out there hasn't seen Intern, you just want to see, like, a happy movie. You don't feel like just getting bummed the fuck out and dealing with some heavy shit. <laughs> Surprisingly, The Intern is just like just a happy time movie, which there really aren't too many of those. No, there's really not too many movies where that and 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 when I say and some people might, it, it, I'm talking about one that doesn't, it doesn't get too, too sappy or sentimental. It's is just trying to, just have a more lighthearted tone and feel and just, just no real negativity to it. Again, it's not getting sappy like Marley and me or, you know, nothing with kids, which is supposed to be cute, but I find annoying as all hell. Kids and dogs. Uh, Yeah, it avoids all that shit. It deals mainly with there's a kid in it. Don't get me wrong, but the kid's not a focal point. So it it deals with adults. It, It was. Yeah. So it's a good, happy movie if you just want more of a light like, you know what though? That kid in Room was really, really good. He should have been nominated for something. I'm, so, you know, kind of like that kid like, in uh, Beasts of No Nation. Yeah, that kid. Like they should bring back that category for kids. Listen, whether you're a kid, Temple, you whether see. you're a kid or not, if you're in the movie, you're an actor. I understand that. And, you know, and if it's a good performance, God damn it, then it's a good performance. That's why they got rid of it in the first place. You know, I, I, listen. It is... I just feel like the reason why I'm saying it is because as a child actor, you know, to win an Oscar as a child, that sort of puts a lot of pressure on you. And then there are people who are less likely to nominate or vote for you as a child because they feel like even though it's a fantastic performance, they're not likely to vote for you because they don't want to feel like they're snubbing adult actors. Like I'm just saying that category would, would serve to recognize these performances that might not otherwise. And you know what? You're probably right. But just the fact that somebody voting would have that reasoning is but, show, yeah, just just shows the bullshit, right? All the time. I'm just saying, yeah. like these 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 those two kids specifically this year should be recognized for those two amazing performances. And you know, the fact that they weren't is just you know the reluctance to to nominate a child. But I feel like that too. As a as a child actor, you get nominated for an Oscar, you feel like your career is nowhere to go but down. Like it's just sort of a really well. Hopefully, hopefully, if you have a good team behind you. Right. Hopefully you do. But Hopefully you do. That they it, it never, you know, comes to something like, like that to where, you, you know, you, hopefully if you have the right team that doesn't allow you to be judged by whatever you know is put out in the paper, and is just be smart with your choices of projects, you right. know, and I think you'll like right now as 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 cool as I thought say the movie the intern was and i was like it was a good happy movie i think <clears throat> robert de niro has made terrible choices of projects these last five ten years or so i mean some movies that's just like why are you in like you know dirty grandpa mm-hmm. it, i have no intention on wasting my money to see it but just from us the, the reviews i've looked around is i mean it's just being eviscerated and I'm like what are you 
I'm like, what are you doing? I, I mean, I, I, I'm assuming he's not hard up for money. And unless he's just bored and wants to keep working, but I'm just like, you know, Robert De Niro should be the type of guy that maybe does one movie a year. Be, and and it's that one movie to he doesn't even need the star. He could just be like a supporting and the very fact that he's so picky, it makes you like, wait a second. If De Niro's in this, there must be something to it. Cause he only does this one movie. You, you know what I mean? But now it's like him and Pacino. I mean, Pacino was in I think he was in Jack and Jill, that Adam Sandler movie. Ugh, the worst. And it's like and and the thing is, and I get it. Maybe sometimes they're like, I want to do something stupid and funny, and I understand. And it's one thing if you did that one, and that was it. But both of them lately have just like there's just some slew of movies that have just been bad choices. Like you know, and and De Niro was also in that Stallone movie where they were the two aging boxers. Which, I mean, it wasn't terrible, but it was like, eh. It was like, eh, you know. And and maybe, and again, maybe when they read the script on paper, it sounds like way more fun and more enjoyable. And obviously whoever the director was and that team just, you know, fucked it all to hell. Which is very, very possible. But man, you know... what. Again, I I don't know if he's broke and needs the money, but I'm thinking, you know, he's you got to be more selective. So I, you know, at least for getting back to child actors, hopefully with the right team and the right selectivity in their projects, it doesn't become, you know, Eddie Redmayne winning the Academy and and right after Jupiter Ascending comes out, it's a terrible fucking movie, and it's like, dude, you really yeah, should. Yeah, but he's right back on. You're right. You're right. But it's it's like immediately <laughs> you're you're in a shitty movie. The, you know, like with Jamie Foxx when he made Stealth. I feel stealth. like that movie, though, was probably <laughs> really good on paper. See, again, it, it probably like could have been. Matrix. But to be very honest, uh, they should have seen that coming from the Wachowskis right after the first Matrix. Because I did see those other two Matrix movies. And at the time when I saw them, I enjoyed them. But when I stopped and watched them again, like the second or third time, and I was like, holy fuck, these movies make no sense. They retroactively ruined the first one. You know, it's it's weird. Seeing them the first time in the movie theater, I got incredibly caught up in the the CGI of it all and, and the, the, the FX. I admit that when I first watched them. But then when I watch them again and I'm like, okay, let me try to really understand what's going on. It was a whole bunch of metaphysical religious mumbo jumbo that just took what the first one laid down as really cool stuff and just obliterated it. It's like they got on their high horse of preaching and thought that they were smarter than everybody else when they're actually not. You know? Yep. And it... It basically those movies reminded me of that person who tries to preach like new age crystals to you and how these crystals can like change your mood and all all the sorts of just nonsense about finding your chakra or God knows whatever. That's what those movies felt like. Somebody was preaching some weird new age crap that doesn't make any sense. And I was like, oh, man. And that first one was so cool. And you've just ruined this memory. So they should have seen that coming because I'm sorry. They, they, they've nothing that they've that they've put out since even comes close to the to the inventiveness and cool of that first Matrix. The, to me, they, they try to be overly complicated when it's not necessary. You know, it's like kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. Really, this is not rocket scientist. Rocket science, sorry, it's just a movie. Keep the keep the plot and everything else simple. Speaking of movies, have you seen the trailer for um, the Purge uh, election year? You know, Julian's in it. <laughs> no, and he's actually got. It looks like he actually has like a. 
I, I, I don't know if it's, it's like there's two people that have like the starring roles and his support role. He looks like it's him and a black dude look like they're trying to be, you know, some part of the, the heroes in the movie. Purge three. Yeah. The third one is called uh, purge election year. It's coming out this July 4th. And so him and a black dude look like they're trying to be heroes in this movie. And so I, I sent him a message on Instagram and I said, wait, so they have a Hispanic and a black dude trying to be heroes. <laughs> I said, you do know that I said, I bet they kill you both off by the end though. And let the white lady live. Let the white lady live. <laughs> so, the thinnest. white lady. <laughs> so I, I, hopefully he got a good laugh out of that. But, um, uh, quick plug friend of ours, uh, JJ Soria, you know, he's been in movies like crank Two, and he's, He's in this movie called The Purge, uh, election year. Um, he's going to be the Hispanic guy. Make sure you watch for it because I'm probably going to kill him at some point in the movie. So try to catch him before he dies. Uh, go check it out. All right, quick plug over. Wait, speaking of plugs, don't you have something to plug? Um, Not yet, not yet, not yet. You don't even want to plug it early? I can plug it early. Yeah. Um, I've got a landing page. Um, I have a new show that's going to premiere in the fall called Good Morning Antioch. And you can check out the little landing page at goodmorningantioch.com. It's uh, it's there. It's waiting. And all its spacey glory uh, premieres this fall. That's all I can say, though. Are you sure? I'm pretty positive. Although I can say that it will be... Um, available as a show to watch and simultaneously as a show to listen to as a podcast. Boom. And people who watch will get certain tidbits of information and people who listen will get certain other tidbits of information. Boom. Boom. Best of both worlds. <laughs> yep. <laughs> what, what's, the, what's the website again? Good morning, Antioch. Dot com. Antioch's Antioch. the name of the ship. A-N-T-I-O-C-H. O-C-H. Antioch. Yes. Go check it out. Go look for it. The whole shabazz. I think I put a link on the Twitter. On the Twitter? On the Twitter, yeah. <laughs> okay, Dad. On, on the line. I, I think I put a link on the line. <laughs> on the line. <laughs> Online. On the line. You, you remember that from, uh, what was that, uh, Vince Vaughn, Owen Wilson, what was it? Interns when they're mm -hmm. Google, mm -hmm. and I think he's like on the line. The guy's like online. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was the the funniest moment of that movie. But either way, yeah, I think I put it. Uh, I, I I believe I I I retweeted and put it out on our on our Twitter. On our Twitter. Tw tw Jesus, I sound just like him on our Twitter. <laughs> uh, TCAT podcast. Go check it out. Uh, uh, I believe I put it on there. If not, I will, but uh, I'm pretty positive I did. So everybody can go check it out and see. Um, I might even post that new Beyonce video just because. You know what? Listen, it has, it has got, I don't know what it is, but it has got certain white people in such a tizzy. You want to know why? I'll I, tell you why. Because it has nothing to do with them. And white people, more than anything in the world, hate being left out. It must be that supposedly, I mean, look. Have you seen it? I've seen the video, yes. Yeah, it's and just that, a celebration of, of, black of blackness. Fabulosity. Right. And and, that's, it has nothing to do with white people. And then, and, and then it, it well, and, and the video also, obviously, it, it, it makes, it makes, like, I think, sort of a general um, nod towards, uh, the relationship between police and black people. Well, maybe they should stop shooting black people. Well, there you go. Now it doesn't it doesn't do anything overt or really crazy. It this just shows not anti police, right? It doesn't do anything crazy. It's just merely pointing out that hey, there's right. a little bit of some crazy shit going on between right. cops and black. And then. I think she's on top of a police car in a flooded area, and then her and the cop car. Well, it's the some footage like like it was ripped from Katrina. Exactly, and then her and the cop car singing. What I'm like, I mean, it, it, there's nothing really visually like shocking, but 
where they're really losing their minds is obviously her Super Bowl performance where she came out in an outfit which somebody pointed out <clears throat> looks like a Michael Jackson out from the past. And I thought that was cool because it looks like she was sort of paying a little bit of homage to MJ. And her dancers kind of had the the Black Panther sort of look, you know. Right. They did the X on the field. They did the, right. the Black Power Fist. And people have lost their minds. Like, this was supposedly a racist performance. I know. I'm, and the problem is being pro-black is not, not anti-white. It, 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 and, and you know they don't understand that is because being pro-white is inherently anti-black a lot of times. I'm not saying it should be. I'm just saying that it is. Like those people who believe in white rights and white power and all that stuff, they are anti-black. So they just assume that it goes the and, other way. And, 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 and the thing is, the right, and the thing is that our understanding is in, in that pro, those that have that pro-white mentality is because the history that has gone on behind that pro-white mindset which has been lynchings and slavery you know it it that's where Jim that Crow, exactly just because the white power movement is racist against black people doesn't mean that pro black is because is inherently because the pro black was about trying to do for ourselves and lift feel good about ourselves ourselves, ourselves up you know lift and, it up. and right and, and trying right and trying to get make sure we're on equal footing with white people you know we didn't necessarily we didn't have the, the pro-black didn't have any sort of power to all of a sudden enact reverse jim crow against you know white people so yeah i, I don't now don't get me wrong you can have a racist black person but the being pro-black doesn't doesn't have anything to do with you know with white people it was about finding the pride within ourselves and you know as much as as controversial as people could say you know the black panthers were at their core when they started it was about doing for their own community plain and simple you know i mean somebody put this thing out about well if she can do that then the next you know super bowl is going to have the or compared it to the kkk at the heart of the kkk it was it was simply about it, it, it was it was simply about uh, um, th that white power movement in keeping white people up and enslaving everybody else. I mean, there's not even not even close to a comparison. Not even remotely close. It, I don't know. I don't understand it. But hey, listen, I give all points to Beyonce. I'm like way to make some controversy out of the Super Bowl halftime show. No doubt your album sales are going to go through the roof. Your tour is going to sell out. I mean, <sighs> that woman's smart. Woman is smart. You know, I can't argue with that. I just feel, you know, a lot of times, you know, and this is probably, you know, a, a huge generalization, um, that white people who are not racist, who, who, who define themselves as not racist, you know, it, they like seeing messages and images of them being a part of giving black people opportunities and building black people up. And like, we need them. And this video is unapologetically black doing for herself without needing white people. Like there are no white people. Like it's not about them. Yeah. And that's and, difficult and to take. I think those that, that get angry about that for, for whatever reason, it's almost like a self-esteem issue. It is. It's it, because they want to be like, you know, not all white people are this and not all white people and, are and, that. And, and it's and true. We get that. And, it's true. That. But the very fact that she just, that something is out there just, you know, just positively pro-black, it's like, it's fine. You know, it's, it's like, basically, it's like, you know, one of those signs that say nothing to see here, keep walking. That's so exactly like what it is. It's like my self-esteem has to cater to your hurt feelings. Seriously. It's like, you know, you know what, for you guys, there's nothing to see here. You can watch the video, you can enjoy the song, but please don't take anything 
to your self-esteem. Just keep it moving. Just keep going. That's all you had to do. Just keep going. And just just move on. Wait for the next Beyonce video, which will no doubt be something which she'll... It'll be for a song that is more inclusive to everybody else. And, you know, more more twerking and more fashion and everything else fabulous about that. And then And then you can, you know, you can join right in. But this is that one song she's like, you know, this is just going to be for me and my people. And ain't nothing wrong with that. Now, at least I think so. And I, again, it's, it's, we, we are a manufactured outrage country. We like to, we're very sensitive in our feelings. And, um, as with anything else, people just get over it and move on to the next one. I just thought it was so funny. I'm like, I do not understand why everybody is so up in arms. It's just the most ridiculous thing. But whatever. It's a catchy song. It's a great music video. It's, you know, beautiful imagery. And it doesn't... I'm sorry, white people, if you're offended that you're not involved. It's okay. You don't have to be involved in everything. Not in everything. You'll get the next one. It's all right. Just leave it alone and move on. That's all you got to do. Just leave it alone and move on. Oh, what that? Oh, crap. Unfortunately, because of prior commitments that I have to keep, uh, namely child soccer, um, <laughs> I got to get... Miles to go before you sleep. <laughs> yeah, I have to get ready and get myself to out of here to, to do some other... Hey, that's a very white activity. Yeah, there you go, white people. There you go. I'm sharing it with you. It's all good. Listen, it's all good, man. Look, we'll be fine. We, I mean, we might not be kumbaya because human beings are human beings and people are just going to do stupid shit that people do. So that's always going to happen. Now, everybody just has to calm down and just stop taking everything to heart. Just... Everybody takes everything so personal. Personal. So, yeah, it's just like ease up. It's it's like internet comments have driven me off. Like I just can't even sometimes with these internet comments. It's like, listen, that article was not specific. Your name wasn't in it. It's like, like, <laughs> it's you know, just ease up. It's okay. Everybody calm down. Just do what you can do for yourself and, and take it easy and good lord. I I don't know. Go listen to some relaxation videos on YouTube. It'll be okay. Seriously, trust me. By in, in in another week, this will have passed. Nobody will probably have forgotten about it. Moved on to just something else more interesting. Right. Is all right. I mean, even the Oscar thing. It's like I don't. It's it is what it is. It's it's not. I'm not taking it personally that there aren't any people of color that were nominated because it's not the Academy's fault. It's it's the fault of, you know, we're not putting out enough content. we got to put that content out, Don. And we're going to. We're absolutely going to. It'll be all right. It'll be all right. Everybody just needs to calm down. Just calm down, man. Jesus. Eat some chocolate. Everybody loves chocolate. Everybody loves chocolate. I it don't matter who you are. Get you a hot water bottle and put it on your back. Boom. You know, put your feet up. Thank you. Get off the internet for a few hours. It'll that's, be okay. I think that's the key. Everybody get off the internet, go outside, interact with people, and I think you'll find it's all okay. Missy Elliott dropped a new song. It's called Pep Bradley. It's really fun. Go listen to that. There you go. You can join in on that. It's good. Miss Elliott's for the people. Kind of like Wu Tang. Seriously. No, wait. Wu Tang's for the kids. I'm sorry. I keep forgetting. <laughs> yeah. Wu Tang is for the kids, we, but Miss Elliott is for everybody, right? And and white people love pep rallies. Who doesn't love pep rallies? Okay. Thank you. We all love pep rallies. That's what we do here. We're uniters. You know. That's what that's what we're all about. We're, we're uniters. I think I'll put that on the Twitter too. <laughs> you tweets that out. I'll tweets that out. <laughs> oh, one last thing. I hope I hope I don't know if you got a chance to watch it, but I hope everybody 
was able to watch during the Super Bowl, that um, live stream of Key and Peele on Squarespace. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, I had to work during the Super Bowl. I was only able to see just the beginning part at home before I had to leave for work. Um, I, If somebody knows anybody at Squarespace, can you please tell them they need to take that? I, I know they recorded that, but they need to put that out there online so people can watch it. I, I know they said, well, never you know, re-air it. It was just a one-time deal. You know, that's a bunch of bullshit. You really need to re-air it because you would get so many downloads and so many people watching that again. It was, they did four hours of doing a skit of commenting commenting on the Super Bowl only to find out they can't mention the name Super Bowl, the NFL, any of the teams, or they can't actually even comment on the plays. <laughs> So they did four hours of trying to get around that. And just just the first half hour they would see was fucking hilarious. So, listen, I want all of our tens of listeners to hashtag them, tweet Squarespace, call them whatever you have to do and tell them you need to re-air that cause it, or, or just go right to Key and Peel themselves on their Twitter because it was so fucking funny. I wish I could have seen that, but I was too busy working a Mardi Gras ball. Yeah, I mean, you know, during the Super Bowl, we were both working, and and I again, I only saw like half an hour of it, but just from that half hour, I was like, oh my god, I bet this was incredible. Uh it's yeah. So for those out there, check it out. Um, again, you can reach us. Uh, you can email us at uh, tcatpodcast at gmail dot com. You can find us on Facebook. You know, facebook dot com slash tcatpodcast. We're on Twitter at TCAT Podcast. Um, as you know, we're we're on um, iTunes, we're on Stitcher, we're on TuneIn. Uh, it's HipCast. Just look for that TCAT Podcast. Download, stream them, uh, leave us your comments, find us on the street. Uh, you can call us. You, can they call us? They can. Oh, really? <laughs> What's our phone number? It's uh, 504-345-9344. And we, I did, we, I, you know, I just want to tell that young lady that keeps calling asking if I want new carpet or if I need my house refinanced. I really don't. But thank you for calling and leaving that message. So, see, listen, somebody's calling. We just need more actual uh, uh, people who aren't trying to sell us stuff. That's all. That's, I mean... It's just a simple request. That, that's all I'm saying. I don't need a new credit card. I, I don't need my home refinanced. I don't even own a home yet. So I'm good. Just, you know, people not trying to sell stuff would be very would be very nice. That's all. Um, whew, I don't know who... You know what? You know what? I'm going to thank somebody else this time. I'm going to thank... I know I thank George most of the what? time. And George is cool. But I think, I think, I think me and George have kind of drifted apart a little bit. I think we've kind of drifted apart. We're, we're sort of, you know, he's... Well, you know, you're both married men. Exactly. We, we don't we don't hang out like we used to. We don't spend hours on the phone with each other like before, just kind of talking each other to sleep. You know, it's it's not the same. So I'm, I'm going to thank my new bestie, um, and that's uh, uh, John Boyega, who was uh, Finn in Star Wars. He did a great job. Um... He took my pointers to heart, and he gave that performance that we practiced, and um, I was incredibly proud of him. I didn't actually get those tickets to the opening night like I thought I would, but that's okay. It, I, I'm sure they just, he was busy, slept his mind. So I'm just going to let John know, you know, hey, listen, I'm here for you, and um, I'm ready to practice for episode eight. You know, when you need rehearsals, it's all good. We're good to go. Um, maybe this time I'll actually get to, you know, go on set and, and, and stuff. I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there. Just, just putting it out there. So, um, that's all. Did you have any, any last, anything else? Nothing. Just, uh, make sure you check out goodmorningantioch.com and check out the show in the fall. Boom. It's bound to be full of surprises, full of special guests, and probably some explosions. Probably. Probably. Hopefully. No, no, definitely. Definitely some explosions. So, hey, for all of us, to our tens of listeners, 
and turn Ms. the Stewart? other cheek. I don't blaspheme and I don't brag. I don't cuss. And my pants don't sag. I do exude a little Christian swag, and I'm proud to be an American. Jesus Christ is a nigga. Let his light shine through ya. Let his love pop a cap in your butt and say hallelujah. Jesus Christ is a nigga. He's a homie MCJC. You see, he's an honest, caring, peace-loving nigga like me. If you do drugs and you think you're cool, you need to come to Sunday school. Put those drugs in a garbage can. Stand up tall, you're a Christian man. Word up. I'm freestyle. Hit me. 